With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swatty Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for another edition of the Primetime Podcast here on Most Valuable Podcasts. This is where we get to talk about college sports, football, basketball, mainly just those two as we don't dive into any of the other college sports. But Brandon, today we got, it's been a while since I've said it, we got a jam-packed show. College football it's been playoff. A while rankings. since you said it. It was last it, week. Did I say it last you week? You say it every week. I forget sometimes when I say it, but we do have a jam-packed show. College football playoff rankings are out. We're gonna react to those. We got Florida with a new coach. They gotta search for a new coach as McElwain is he going out of Florida. And then we're gonna look at the Iowa State Cyclones, the shocker of this college football season after beating TCU this past week. Then we're going to make our picks to end the show. But, Brandon, I want to get right into it. College football playoff rankings, the first ones were announced tonight. We have a top four rankings of Georgia at number one, Alabama at number two, Notre Dame at number three, Clemson number four, with our first out being Oklahoma at five and Ohio State at six. I want to ask you, what are your first reactions of our first ever college football playoff rankings for 2017. Well, I'll be honest and say that I'm surprised that Alabama still isn't number one, uh, you know, because Georgia, you know, they're, 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 they're there and, you know, they've, they've beaten, uh, you know, some ranked opponents, but I don't think that there's much difference in what, you know, Alabama, it's it's not like they've done so much more than Mm -hmm. what Alabama has done. But how I look at it is that that doesn't necessarily bother me too much. Alabama's at number two. These first rankings, they they don't mean much. They they don't mean much. I'll be honest to about quote it. They, Jim they, Morris Senior, they mean diddly poo. That's what they mean, Brandon. <laughs> diddly poo. And I love how on like our <laughs> like our rankings that we put out because we put out our first rankings earlier today to get ready for these. Everyone was like, well, not everyone, but we got a comment or two saying. You guys don't know how the com- how the committee is gonna vote. It's like, yeah, we're not voting for the committee. We are giving you our rankings. Those were our rankings, and everyone has a little bit different of how they go in. If you look back at the last few years for the college football playoff, look at the teams that were there, then look at the final ones. I believe it was what twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Alabama in those first college football rankings were four. They were four overall. Ended up going to the college football playoff and were a one or two team in that playoff because they, that was the year they lost to Ezekiel Elliott and the Ohio State Buckeyes in the semifinal round. This is like, and with Alabama, they're the only team where I'm not really worried of where they are because of what Nick Saban and his philosophy is. Like, I bet you Nick Saban didn't even watch 
the reveal show. He doesn't even care where the team is because they got to get ready for LSU this weekend. Then after that, they got to get ready for Mississippi State. The job is not done, although we have had our first college football rankings tonight. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, it's you know in, interesting rankings, of course, that that come out, and there's always going to be someone who is upset with their team didn't get in, mm-hmm. or why is this one in here, this one in here. And I think one of the interesting things that Kirk Herbstreet said and how we really need to look at things and, and, and how hopefully the committee will look at things is don't think that the eye, eye test mm-hmm. is underrated, you know, because it, it's it's something that certainly should be used as a way to take into effect who is in the top four Mm -hmm. because all these other things can happen this loss could happen it could be a one loss team then are they out as herb street said i still got eyes i still saw what they did throughout Mm -hmm. the year they're one of the best football teams so I, I think that that's really really important, and and, and right now, and, and I'll I'll tell you, you know, I'm not even happy, and I've told Ricky this before we even started recording today. I'm not happy with the rankings that I that I gave him. Mm-hmm. I, I gave off the cuff, just here, take these rankings. It was late on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't fully with it. Let's be honest. Um, a little inebriated at the time. Not, hey, it was not a, too bad. It was a but Sunday hey, fun day, man. It was also went out for a friend's birthday. It was, it was also a Sunday one of your fun best day buds. downtown. Yeah, I was gonna say best buds birthday. Of course, you're living it up. But I'm like, oh crap. So Ricky throws this on me what? Sunday night. Hey, you Whoa. think you could get these to hey, me? Let's be completely honest. Recording on a Tuesday this week. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I would have surprised you right now with them, and you would have had to give me off the cuff. But sober off the cuff, college football playoff rankings. You know what's the team, though, that surprises me in the top four? Clemson. How the hell are they in the top four? And the reason being, and I'm not saying that. I know there are Clemson fans who listen to this podcast that go, oh, that's just Ricky being a hater. Ricky is being a Clemson hater. Sound the alarm. Because Ricky is hating on Clemson yet again. However, it's going off of what you just said with Kurt Herbstreit and Alabama. I'm going to use the same thing for Clemson. I'm using the eye test. And if I'm using the eye test out there, I feel like Oklahoma and Ohio State should be ranked higher than Clemson. Because this is a team, yes, they are only a one-loss team. But you lose to Syracuse, where not even ranked right now, you lose to them. Ohio State's only loss is to Oklahoma, who's a top 10, top 5 college football playoff team. Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, where at least at least they are in the rankings. They are a top 15 college football playoff team. Clemson loses to Syracuse. Also, I have seen earlier in the year struggling against Auburn, struggling against Boston College. I know they beat them 34-7, but it was 7-7. Up until the fourth quarter. I don't know how they're in the four top four of the playoff at this point in the season because there are other teams that I would definitely put ahead of them right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now that, you know, kind of looking at things again and saying who I think the four best teams mm-hmm. out there are right now are Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. And and the reason why I have to say Ohio State is they beat 
Penn State. Mm-hmm. They did. You know, otherwise and they I came back to win that game. Eighteen point deficit. Mm-hmm. You come back in the fourth quarter. You did a good job. Mm-hmm. You did a good job. Um, and and JT Barrett certainly came to play there, especially in that 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 fourth quarter. But that's that's who I would be putting in there because those are the four to me mm-hmm. best teams right now. I, I think that Oklahoma's on the cusp. Oklahoma State's on the cusp. Penn State certainly is. Clemson's around, but they haven't been too impressive, you know, since mm-hmm. you know they, they uh, lost to Syracuse. They haven't been that impressive. They haven't had any statement wins then, uh, not not to me. Uh, so I, I think that those are the four teams that that I had mentioned that that are the best four teams. And ultimately, another thing, as as Herb Street said, that's who you want to have in there. You want to have mm-hmm. the four best teams in college football because you want to have the best playoff you can. Yeah, and that's exactly what you want. How I relate these first rankings to is whether you're in high school or college, you can go either way. It's basically, and I know things are a little different now, back when we were in school, because now everything is online and you can keep up with your grades every single day when you turn something in. But it just reminds me of back in the day when the teacher would go, okay, we're at the midpoint season of the quarter or of the semester. I'm going to call you guys up one by one just to see where your grade is so that you can know what do I have to do the rest of the semester or the rest of the quarter to get the grade that I want. That's what these rankings are. Just because you're in the top four doesn't mean, okay, I can sit there and coast because I'm a playoff team. Just because you're out doesn't mean, ah, you know what? Throw in the towel. We're out. We're not a playoff team. This is where you look at it. Okay, we're six. We're seven. We're five. This is what we still need to do. We still have games ahead of us, much like we were in school, where it's like, ah, you know what? I've got a C right now. You know what? I can get to that B. This is what I have to do to get to that B. There are some teams where, let's be completely honest, a team like 23 at Memphis or maybe 25 Washington State, you're not getting that A. I'm sorry you are not getting that A. You're not getting into the playoff. But you can still get that B. You can still rise in these (laughs) rankings. But other teams like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, TCU, Wisconsin, Miami, Oklahoma State, anyone in the top 10, maybe even the top 15, all right now we got a chance here. To go to the playoffs still, we can still get that A. That's what I think with these rankings. And I look at a ton of teams. The thing that we also got to keep in mind is we have a lot of different scenarios that are going to play out. For example, that Clemson team that I bring up, and I'm like, how are they in the top four right now? Well, if they lose to NC State, they are going to basically not make the playoffs in my mind because not only would they have two losses— But I believe it was, I was looking at a graphic on ESPN, based off of this game, if NC State wins against Clemson, they will have like a 95% chance to win their division of the ACC. If Clemson wins the game, they have a 98% chance to win the Atlantic in the ACC. So basically, whoever wins that game is having, okay, we are still in the running for the playoff. The other team won't because they most likely won't get that shot to win the ACC in the title game. Wisconsin, they just got to win the rest of their games, play whoever comes out of the Big Big Ten East, hope that is enough for the committee to think highly of them. TCU, same thing. Hey, I know we lost Iowa State. Let's win the rest of our games, win the Big 12. 
If we win the Big 12, then we'll be in good standing to hopefully make the playoffs. There are a lot of things left for each team to do. I want to ask you this, though. The one team in the top three we haven't talked about, Notre Dame. Do you see them, basically, do you see them as a pretender or a contender now that we physically see Notre Dame number three in the CFP rankings? No, I don't think that Notre Dame is a pretender at all, but I think one of the reasons, too, why I was saying back the last time when we had had this conversation you know, in mm-hmm. terms of can Notre Dame make the college football playoff? Yeah. And I had said, no, I don't think so, just because of who was in front of them, how things mm-hmm. uh, were kind of looking at the time. I just, I, they're a good team, but I didn't feel like they were going to be able to crack the top four when mm-hmm. things were all said and done. Well, that's changed now. Well, now they got a win over NC State since we've had that conversation. Not even that. Not even Mm -hmm. them getting the win over NC State. All the movement out in front of them. Mm -hmm. That, what I think, is what has helped propel them to where they are right now. And also because... I mean, they're they're just they're just taking care of business. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just taking care of business. They're coming through. They roll USC. They roll NC State. I mean, they're they're getting some big wins. They're mm-hmm. getting some really really big wins. And some people would say that NC State more legitimate than USC is this year, just because NC State kind of came from a place where. No one was looking at them. Mm-hmm. No one was looking at them. They and, even lost quote their unquote, first game. And then they come storming to a place of, um, you know, relevance. Mm-hmm. But USC, they start off at this place, expectations higher than a guy on drugs. Mm-hmm. And then they end up just kind of coasting, fading, and then they are here what they are today. Mm-hmm. So Notre Dame, this team has what it takes to hold down a college football playoff spot. They do. But it's it's almost one of those, it's in their hands. It's in their hands. If they do not lose... They're a playoff they, team. They, they're in. Mm-hmm. They're in. At this point now, if they do not lose, which Miami, I think, is going to be the biggest test for them, That's I think that's a, a week ago when we talked about mm-hmm. this, they were the team that I thought would be the biggest test out of all these three. Mm-hmm. They they ace number one. Now they get need to get Miami after they play Wake Forest, which should be a victory mm-hmm. on the road at Miami. It, it's it just, it's going to be tough. But here's the thing: Notre Dame wins all these games; they're in. It's simple. It's simple because they're already in right now. They can't con- they can't win over two ranked teams. Stanford holding for right now at twenty one. And not then stay where they are. Well, and the thing I'm kind of thinking about is you're talking about Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins. They went out. They're in. I feel like at worst from the SEC right now, we're going to get one, at least one. Alabama or Georgia will be in, maybe depending on if they win out and play each other, depending on how that game goes, does the committee keep them in it maybe one and four? We got a lot of things left to go. Oklahoma still needs to, right now, do what they need to do to get into the Big 12 title game. Because right now, if we're looking at the standings in the Big 12, they're not playing for that game right now. That game is between, it's a rematch of the game we just saw this past weekend. It is Iowa State and TCU 
fighting it out for the Big 12 crown at the end of the season. So although they're five, they've got work to do. How is the Big 10 going to play out? Ohio State has games still against Michigan, who I know Michigan people are saying they're not the Michigan of old because they're finally unranked for, I believe, the first time in three years. However, that's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. They're going to roll them. They also— Ohio they, State will roll Michigan. Let's be, I'm just trying to give Michigan a little bit of a chance, even though I and think I'm just Ohio trying State to be, will win. I'm just trying to be realistic yeah. and make it simple. Let's be honest. Buckeyes will probably win, but into a rivalry game, I'm still going to bring that any given Sunday, any given Saturday type of moment. They still have to play Michigan State. You look at Penn State. They have to play Michigan State up next. Like They don't get a break after losing to Ohio State. Their next game, boom, right away, we're playing Michigan State. Then you have Wisconsin. They probably have the easiest of the Big Ten tests, but they still have to beat whoever comes out of the Big Ten East, and then you have the ACC where is it going to be Clemson? Is it going to be an NC State who's at 20 right now? Will it be Miami? And then there's the conference that we're probably leaving out this year, which is this year's Big 12 conference, and that's the Pac-12. Their first place team in the Pac-12 is Washington at 12. Washington at 12. After that, it's I'm looking USC at 17 as their next team. I think that out of all the conferences, out of all the Power Fives, it's the Pac-12 that right now will most likely be left out when we get to the final rankings at the end of the regular season. Pac-12 should be left out. They've been the weakest. (laughs) Um, They have been uh, not good. Mm -hmm. They have been very underwhelming this season. Uh, But what I think is interesting, I want to go back to the Big 12. uh, Excuse me, the the Big 12 for a minute. And... You talked about Oklahoma. Currently a team sitting outside of the top 10 is Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. at number 11. I still think that Oklahoma State has a chance to be able to possibly make a run here at the end. They do. Try and make, you know, not I don't want to say make a name for themselves, but try and get themselves out there and up there Mm -hmm. so that towards the end of the year they can say, hey, we beat Oklahoma. Hopefully they'll be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they'll be able to say we beat a very, very good Iowa State uh, team this year. And then they've got K-State, and then they've got Kansas. And if they could win their next four games, I think Oklahoma State can make a really, really strong push for a playoff possibility. It is going to be a battle the rest of the way in the Big 12. And I know that I don't want to get too far into it because I know we're going to touch this later on when we get to Iowa State and look at them specifically, but each team has their own way to go, obviously. The Cowboys have two ranked opponents, like you said, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Oklahoma has Oklahoma State and TCU that they still have to get through. And I'm going to even say at the end of the year, West Virginia, because they have been a quality opponent for teams this season. I mean, Oklahoma State, I didn't think they'll do it, but they won 50-39 to against that Mountaineer team. TCU, they probably have, I'm going to say in air quotes, the easiest of roads because they only play one ranked opponent, and that's Oklahoma on the road. And then you have Iowa State, who, again, only one ranked opponent, but they do get West Virginia on the road as well. The Big 12 is going to be interesting to me because it, the way I see this all going down as we go through week by week is Notre Dame will consistently be there if they win. 
You have Alabama and Georgia. As long as they stay undefeated, they will stay 1-2, maybe swap here and there until we get to the SEC title game, and then we'll decide who's number one that. That'll probably be a 1-2 showdown this year, the first 1-2 showdown and the only one we're going to get this year in the regular season. And then you have the rest. How's everything going to play out in the Big Ten? How's everything going to play out in the ACC How's everything going to play out in the Big 12? The thing I wanted to ask you to end this segment is outside of the top six, who's your one team, seven and beyond, that you say that they are my best team to play themselves back into the playoffs by the time we get to the end of the regular season? Outside of the top four? or Top six. So from Penn State and lower. So Penn State, TCU, Wisconsin, Miami, anyone below Penn State, who's the team you're looking at and you're going, this team will play themselves into the playoffs, most likely could play themselves into the playoffs when we get to the end of the year. Outside of Penn State? You can include Penn State. So Penn State and below. So you can say Penn State if you want. I know I'm hitting you with a tough question here. I'd say Penn State. Okay. I'd say Penn State. I'd say Penn State or I'd say Oklahoma State. I'm going to go TCU. TCU or Wisconsin. And the reason being Wisconsin, they're in a prime situation within their regular season to win out because the rest of their regular season, they don't play a single ranked opponent. Like the rest of the way, at Indiana, now Indiana can be tough. I'm not going to say it's going to be a cakewalk for them. That's going to be tough. Iowa could be tough. But then it's like a Michigan team that's underperformed this year. Minnesota, I think Wisconsin wins that game. I look at the rest of their season. It's like, wow, they could go undefeated, not playing a single ranked team this year. And then all they would have to do is beat an Ohio State or beat a Penn State in the Big Ten title game, and they could go to the playoff. Like, if I am saying fake, you know how Colin Cowherd said Iowa, I think it was either last year or the year before, he kept calling them a fake ID team? Yes. Wisconsin would be my fake ID team this year because my biggest complaint with Wisconsin is who have you played? Who have you played? And part of it's not none of their fault. It's basically... Badger fans are going to say, well, Ricky, we're only playing who you put in front of us. It's not our fault that the Big Ten West sucks and we're not in the Big Ten East. We're only playing who you put in front of us. But at the same time, I just look at them and I go, who would you play? TCU, I look at them as a possible because, like I said, out of the Big 12 teams, they have positively the best road because they don't have to play too many ranked opponents. But, Texas could be tough. But in, incorrect, though. Yes. So, tech, incorrect correct mm-hmm. on what you're saying and right. Yeah. But incorrect on a t- an easy way. Texas has showed— I didn't say easy. You kind of did. I so, didn't say easy. Kind of. Uh, Texas is a team that has clearly showed that they've got some life now here mm-hmm. in them, uh, which you're happy about. On the road at Oklahoma won't be easy. Texas Tech, I'd like to say that they be they that should be pretty easy, but it may not be. Mm-hmm. Baylor's a win, so they have three very difficult games. Mm-hmm. So does Oklahoma State. So yeah. does Oklahoma. So 
I, I think that we've got a really, really good couple mm-hmm. of uh, slates here coming in the next couple of weeks between these big 12 opponents. And I just want to say, didn't say easy. Check Play the tape. Back the he tape. Did. did not say easy. They have the best chance, I said, of best getting through easy. It. it all means the Although, same. Although, like I was going to say, it was exactly what you said. Texas and Texas Tech could be tough games, but I think, TC, you can get through them. It's really that Oklahoma game that's going to be the big test. I want to turn it on to you guys, though. Let us know, what do you think of the committee's rankings, one through four, and then the first out with Oklahoma and Ohio State at five and six? Who would your playoffs be? I know some of you already did that for our playoff rankings, but now that you see the committee's rankings, how would you change yours a little bit? And let us know what team outside the top six you could see creeping into the playoff as we get through the regular season and go to the final playoff rankings at the end of the year. But Brandon, let's move on into our next topic. And this one, Brandon, actually a topic suggested to us. It was in the comment section of my Browns video where Train Holland said, could you bolt, could you guys break down the Florida Gators coaching opening and who would be good hires and why? And also Rex Smith replied to that comment and said, good topic idea or great topic idea. So we take your guys, your suggestions. That's what we're going to talk about now, Brandon. I feel like we just talked about an SEC coaching job, which I heard on ESPN Radio today, Butch Jones is all but gone at Tennessee, but they're going to wait a couple weeks before officially giving him the boot. But it's all set in stone that he is going to be fired at the end of this season. However, we're looking at Florida. Jim McElwain let go both, I'm sorry, I forgot to use my air quotes, mutually parted ways from Florida. I want to ask you, we'll get right to it, if you are Florida AD, if you are Florida Athletics, who are you looking for to be the next head coach of your football team? Well, first, if I'm the athletic director at Florida, I'm still shaking my head on how all this happened. Mm. I'm just shaking my head. I'm just sitting back and going, holy crap, what in the hell just happened over these last couple of weeks? Because really, Ricky, this is ridiculous. It's crazy mm-hmm. how all this stuff happened. First, it was Florida just, quite honestly, underperforming, not being good, suspensions left and right on you know, important players to their team offensively. Offensively, Felipe Franks not getting it done. Malik Zaire not getting it done. Just Florida not getting it done. But then October 23rd, McIlwain starts out the week of the Georgia-Florida game talking about how the team has received death threats Mm -hmm. and how he implies that his family's received death threats and there's a lot of hate in this world and anger and people... You know, have freedom to show it and blah, blah, blah. So then Florida, you know, looks into this, this deal. Mm -hmm. And then they're coming to find out that when they're talking to McIlwain, he said that he will uh, share details on threats when it becomes unmanageable. Dude. You just put it out there that as it was soon, basically unmanageable. As soon as there's a threat at all, administrators, presidents, anybody 
They look at that and they go, okay, maybe law enforcement should be getting involved here because death threats are a serious thing. It's not like, oh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I, I received a death threat or two, but it's okay. I, I got it. I got it. I can, I can handle it. It's none of your worry. I don't even know why he said it, Brandon. It makes no sense. I mean, truly, it makes not a bit of damn sense. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> it just continues on and... I think, you know, they're talking about reasons for being able to fire him, you know, for cause um, and or co- uh, contractual breach that goes beyond unsatisfactory on-field performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Florida brass, you know, possibly looking into uh, the link death threat fiasco, everything like that. All these things coming down on Jim McElwain. Mm-hmm. And it was the end. It was the end, and it ends up, you know, going after that game against Georgia. They part ways, and I'm seeing that he may only be getting four million dollars no, of the twelve point nine million because of the way that he disclosed death threats and agents ties to other candidates. Mm-hmm. So Jim McElwain shot himself in the foot, and now. You look for new coaching candidates. And, Ricky, getting back to your original question, I just wanted to say how I just thought the entire thing with Florida. Coming into this season, I still remember doing our predictions, Previews. preview predictions, mm-hmm. and and looking at this team. And this team is a team that has won their side of the SEC a number of times. They're usually the favorite. They should usually be the favorite. Mm-hmm. They stink. They stink. They've got a defense that gets the job done, but an offense that you and I could play for. So I I think that you go back now, you go back to the drawing board, and you think, okay, what can we do here? And where do we go from here? And I would say when you're looking at potential head coaching fill Mm -hmm. for this position – I don't want to give you the names that I've given you for the other ones, the Chip Kellys, the Les Miles. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't see that for this job. I don't want to do that. I don't see it. So how about one here? Okay. And I'm not saying that he leaves where he is right now, but what about Dan Mullen? Okay. What about Dan Mullen over at Mississippi State? He's been able to do a whole lot with not so much over there at Mississippi State. He's been able to put them on the map. He's had good things going on. They, they've they had some bad losses, uh, but they've also had some nice wins. And he served, actually, as Florida's offensive coordinator from 05 to 08. He knows the kind of how the system has been run. He knows the University of Florida that could be a potential landing spot, especially keeping a guy within the SEC culture. That's a name that, whenever I looked at any article, it was the first name that came up. Here's the thing that I look at, though. Would Dan Mullen want to leave? And I know there's some people out there that are saying, well, duh, Ricky, he'd want to leave. Did you not hear what Brandon just said? He was the offensive coordinator for Florida back from 05 to 08, and won two national champions for championships with that Gator squad. Why wouldn't he want to come back and be in Gainesville? 
Well, because he's not really, well, in my mind, not really on the hot seat with Mississippi State. Like six and two right now this season has six and seven, nine and four, ten and three. Really, that six and seven is looking to be a fluke season because, like I said, he's six and two right now. I just don't know with Mullen if Florida has enough to lure him away. Because if I'm Mullen, yeah, it's great. I used to coach for you and all, but it all comes down to where am I going to have the most success? Right here, where I'm comfortable. I know the AD I'm working for. I know the guys on this team. I'm recruiting guys to come into this squad. And right now my squad is 6-2. and two. And then kind of looking at where Florida is, and I do that pause because you're not that good right now. There's a lot of question mark, a lot of uncertainty. I would have to go to this program, redo everything, get my culture in there, my guys in there. With Mullen, I just think it's a... Thanks, but no thanks. I'll stay here where I'm comfortable. I have my things set up, and I'm not really in low job security at Mississippi State. Well, let me tell you, it may not necessarily be about his low job security and not Mm -hmm. low job security, which he certainly has job security over at Mississippi State. But here's one of the things. You said that he he would be going into a Florida spot that's not really good right now. Well, the defense is pretty good right now. Uh, they're very good right now. They would have kept their team in games if their offense was, you know, worth a damn mm-hmm. right now, which they're not. He would be able to, I think, go into Florida and be able to bring some life, shoot, shoot Florida in the arm with some life for this offensive side of the football. And again, it's 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 almost refreshing that you have a guy who has had a history of being able to do more with less at at, at mm-hmm. a school at Mississippi State. And if you're able to do something like that at Florida, but also even have more tools, more opportunities, more scholarships, that's something that wow, you're like, "Whoa, I'm in heaven now." And then you could even see what he might even be able to bring to the table even more so if he's actually getting some really, really solid pieces and they're giving him as just throwing resources at him left and right. I mean, I'm not saying that that's, you know, I'm not saying they're Alabama here, but Florida is a type of school where Mm -hmm. that's just something that you're going to see happen or should see happen. Yeah, and I mean, the whole thing, like I said, with there is exactly with that situation, it all comes down to... Mullen and how he's feeling it's is it enough to lure him away to say hey I'm going to go to a team that I used to coach a guy that and I've heard that this is actually right now their main guy that they are looking at and I want to ask you what you think about this is Scott Frost right now he is the head coach of the Central Florida Knights 7-0 on the season this year so far in what 20 games with Central Florida? He is 13 and 7. This is his second year as head coach. However, the thing that's tricky about Frost is he's from Nebraska, played quarterback at Nebraska. There's a lot of people that feel like, you know what, Nebraska, kick away Riley. Let's get a new head coach that Frost is going to be the guy that they go for and try to reel into Nebraska, try to pull in that, hey, we're your alma mater, you're from Nebraska. However, 
all the pundits on radio, ESPN, Fox, everywhere is like, you'd be stupid to pass up an SEC job for a Big Ten job. If an SEC job came a-knocking and you're basically picking between that and the Big Ten, they're saying go with the SEC, go with where college football is right now. What would you think? Because right now this Central Florida team, they are the highest scoring offense in all of college football at 51 points per game. My question on that one is not not even necessarily my question. My comment is sometimes just because the SEC job may seem and look like the better mm-hmm. job, are you the better fit as the head coach? Do you feel like you would be a good foot a good fit mm-hmm. there? You know, or are you a better fit to go back and play at the place where you feel like you're going to be the most comfortable going to Nebraska? I would you know, feel I'm just saying, yeah. not saying that he's going, but I'm just saying if that's that could be something right there. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know about that SEC. I'm sorry, but the SEC takes a special kind of person to be able to coach over there. Mm-hmm. Just does. It I just mean, does. You look can't, at look you, at Kevin Sumlin. I'm going to use him as the example because he's really the one that's been on the hot seat. Look at a coach like but- Butch Jones coming over from Cincinnati, and I want to say they were in the Big East at the time he came over. Yeah, but it takes that, like you said, that Nick Saban, that Urban Meyer, that I'm going to say even James Franklin type of coach, although. He really got his success bringing that style to Penn State. It, it it does it does though because if you think you're going to go over to the SEC and just be mm-hmm. good and you know win eight games, you might as well not go because they have a culture, they have a way of doing things, they have a way of fans expect that if you and especially when we're talking about Florida, mm-hmm. you're going to come in, you're going to win. You're going to win this year. You're going to win next year. We're going to win the year after that. You're going to compete against Alabama. You're going to potentially beat Alabama. Those are the things that they expect. Mm-hmm. This is not a piddly job. You come in and you go, oh, if I won eight games, that was pretty successful in my mm-hmm. first year. No. No. The you know, If you won nine, you might still get bashed. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying mm-hmm. to put down other other schools, other programs that would be happy with that mm-hmm. in year one, that would be happy with that in the season. But the SEC is, I think, if we're being very honest, is the king supreme is it of college football right now. Is it now. jump-started by Alabama? Is it because yes. Alabama yes. is up here and it's like, shit, we got to catch them? Absolutely. Absolutely. If it wasn't Alabama, though, it'd be somebody else. Georgia. Look at Georgia. Hey, we're going to take Kirby Smart that first year. Now in year number two, boom, number one in the college football playoff rankings the first time we get them. But I think at the same time, you if you want to, let's go to who you suck mm-hmm. off most of the time, and that's the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. So let's go over there and talk about them. I, I think that Harbaugh was really good for them because yeah. that made, okay, well, Harbaugh's in here. He's doing some great things. We need to up our coaching game. We it need to made... go for that level of coach. Mm-hmm. So that's that's great for college football. Mm-hmm. But we then just haven't seen that other coach be able to take a team to the level where Saban has taken Alabama. Not yet. I'm going to take your Big Ten analogy, agree with you, but disagree with you on the name. I would take Harbaugh, put Urban Meyer in, since he was the first one to come in 
then you had Penn State, James Franklin, then Michigan right. firing Brady Hoke to bring in Jim Harbaugh. You're right, but I yeah. guess also, too, if but you But I'm see, agreeing you, with the point. Urban Meyer comes in, Harbaugh comes in, but then yeah. they see Harbaugh, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. now we really got to go. He's yeah. a former NFL guy, well, success there, let's the, go. We, we've thing, got to get good, solid guys. And the thing that Harbaugh did that was good for, uh, that kind of shook things up, remember the whole satellite camp thing? Yes. The whole... I'm going to come in here, and he was even pissing Nick Saban off. Nick yep. Saban's like, get the fuck out of my territory, man. Because, it, it, like, in college football, is like, I have this territory, you have this one. And Jim Harbaugh said, I don't fucking care. I'll go into Texas. I'll go into the southeast, and I will bring these guys to Michigan to put the best football team on the field. The thing that I like about Scott Frost, because— I know I mentioned ah highest scoring offense in college football. How is how does that translate from school to school though? Here's the thing I like, and the reason why he's the highest scoring offense. You want to know he, who he was a predecessor under and who's on his coaching tree? Chip Kelly. That's where his offense comes from, right there. He was also under Mark Halfrich. Also, he was under Chip Kelly under Mark Halfrich. Boom. That's how you get that highest scoring offense. But the thing I like about Frost with Florida is he's at Central Florida now. He knows the recruiting game in the state of Florida already. And then he just brand, like now boom like moving up from Central Florida to Florida, it's exactly what you were talking about with Mullins. Hey, we're gonna give you more resources so that you can spread out more into that southeast and bring these guys to Florida. The question that I have though. Is can a guy from a non-power five, kind of like what you were saying, can a guy from a non-power five come into Florida and be successful? Or would they need a guy who's either coached at a power five before, Chip Kelly, Les Miles, or is already a power five head coach, a la Kevin Kevin Sumlin, a la Butch Jones, a la Dan Mullen. I'm just throwing out guys that could be on the market this year in the coaching carousel, would they need someone like that? Or would it be, hey, we're going to bring this guy from a non-Power 5 school and he's going to be able to get the job done? Do they need someone like that? No. But in their mind, do they feel like they need to have someone like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I. That's That's about as simple as it is. Because they truly wouldn't need someone like that. They could get someone good who just came in and got the job done without any external stuff, without any problems like that, that that you create for yourself, mm-hmm. as McElwain did for yeah. him just a week ago. But that's just not this style. Mm-hmm. They, I feel like so many times that they, they want to, and we want to see it. Go get the big fish. Make a splash. Make a splash because you're trying to make a splash for your your chancellor, for your president, for your board of directors, for your fans, for all these people. You're trying to make a splash to bring the energy up, to get us back on track. We're going to win next year. Here we go. Hear us roar. Mm-hmm. That's That's how it is. But... Could they go for the guy who hasn't had the the power of five experience? Sure. But I just don't know if that'll work. And the thing that I'm looking at is the list of head coaches from Florida. Since 
really, I'm going to say 2005. So you add Urban Meyer from 05 to 2010. Since Urban Meyer left, you've had Will Muschamp for four years, or three years, gets fired. Then DJ Durkin, who's currently with Maryland, was the head coach for two games that season, went one and one. Then you have McIlwain from 15 now to 17, and now we'll have Randy Shannon um, for the rest of this year. You have two coaches that since 2010, Florida football, to me, has not been as strong as it should be. No. Back when I was in high school, Florida was one. I mean, obviously, you had Tim Tebow on that team, so that kind of helped. But, but you had Urban they Meyer. Were, yeah, that too. But they were one of the most popular teams in college football. Yeah. And they were a team that was going for national champions. You need that. And the one coach, I'm not saying you bring him in and it's, boom, national champion right away. There's one guy that I would hate for them to lure away, but this would be my number one target, and that's Jim, Justin uh, Fuente from Virginia Tech. Had success with Memphis, comes to Virginia Tech, first season, 10-4, and four, Goes to the um, ACC title game, loses to a tough Clemson team. Could have probably beat them in that game, and then so far this year, seven and one. Your only loss in two seasons, your only loss this year is to that Clemson team. He's a guy that since coming into Virginia Tech, and he had to fill big shoes at Virginia Tech. All he's done is win seventeen and five. In his first two seasons so far, he's a guy I look at and I go, you know what, with what he was able to do with Virginia Tech, bring him to Florida, bring him into this, and let him build that culture at Florida and maybe put the Gators back on the map. So my final guy who I think could be someone who they go after and a guy who just has that next big thing about him, Mm -hmm. how about Matt Campbell? Iowa State. I thought about him. The only reason I took him off my list is kind of similar to Fuente. I don't think Fuente is serious, though. That's why it's kind of in the same vein. I just didn't think Matt Campbell because it's like, you know what? I'm doing a good thing here with Iowa State. These guys, I got them playing together. I believe he's in his second year. Remember when we thought Iowa that State? about Tom Herman? I know, exactly. I, I know what you're thinking. Like, just because you're in that second year doesn't mean you're not going to leave. But with Matt Campbell, I was a little bit more gun-shy to say he would leave more so than, like, a Justin Fuente from Virginia Tech. I want to throw one name out to you, though, and this is a guy that is from a small school, got a big win, over an SEC team this year, Neil Brown, head coach of Troy. Ever since that first year, four and eight with Troy, but ever since ten and three, six and two this year, could be a possibility. Would you go after? Would you even interview a Neil Brown? No, not at all. No, not at all. No, the only reason that you're saying something so silly like it's that is LSU. because they beat LSU. So you can just scratch that name right off and we can move on. I mean, hey, Troy does play tough. They do play opponents tough. They play opponents tough. Move along. Okay, this is where you guys come in. Let us know who you guys would have. I'm putting you in the shoes of the AD of Florida. Congratulations. Who would you hire? Who would you be your number one candidate? And who would be other guys that you interview and why? Who would you want to see Florida fans as your next head coach? Let us know down below 
in the comment section. But Brandon, let's move on into our final topic before we get into the picks. And we're going to be looking at Iowa State. This is a team that in two straight games has beaten not just, well, not two straight games. They've had two in between. They beat Oklahoma. They've been on a four-game win streak, beating TCU, the number four team in the country, this past week, 14-7. to This is a team that ever since starting their quarterback of Kyle Kemp in the Iowa or in the Oklahoma game, 4-0 Kemp has been the senior as the starter for Iowa State. I'm going to be plain and simple when I ask you this question. Will the Cyclones win the Big 12? Right now they're on top. Right now they're in a four-way tie with TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, and the Cyclones technically have the tiebreaker if you're looking at ESPN. I'm going to say no, they don't. I'm going to say no, they don't. They've been great, and it's been it's it's been a great run that we've been able to see with them, but there, I feel like there is somebody within the three teams right underneath them that's going to get it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I think, would say TCU is the most likely candidate to be able to do that. However, with them just losing to Iowa State, that could be interesting. But then you have Oklahoma again. You've got Oklahoma State. You have Oklahoma State who, if let's say they don't lose to anybody else, and then they beat Iowa State, mm-hmm. could have them up there at the top. I, t- again, I'm not trying to be an Iowa State hater. I, I love what Iowa State has been doing. I just don't necessarily know if it's going to all work out for them to be able to win. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will. I personally want to see Oklahoma State be able to win it. But it's more realistic that TCU would right now. I mean, mm-hmm. that's your opinion. Let me throw it right back on you, Rick. Well, give your thought. It really, it goes off the schedule because really it's a two-part question because of the Big 12 title game coming back this year. I look at the remaining schedules, and I said in our first segment that I believe TCU has the, I don't want to say easiest, they have, to me, looking down the schedule, the best chance to go undefeated in their next few games with Oklahoma being the only ranked opponent they play. However, like you brought up, Texas Tech and Texas could be tough opponents for TCU. You look at Oklahoma, they got to play Oklahoma State, they got to play TCU, they got two ranked opponents on the schedule. And then you look at Oklahoma State, they have to go through Oklahoma, they have to go through Iowa State, whereas Iowa State, they have to go through... Yes, West Virginia. However, with West Virginia coming off of the loss to the Cowboys, are they the team that we saw earlier in the year? And then really— West Virginia, I just want to stop you right there really quickly. West Virginia looks really, really good at a couple of points in that game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State showed that they're just that much better. We're able to pull away. But this West Virginia team Mm -hmm. is very, very— well, I'm trying to think of the right word. They're they're tricky. They're, they're tricky. Dark horses. They're tricky to figure out because mm-hmm. there's one week where they come out and it's like, wow, they played really really well. One week they come out and you go, what were they doing? Well, and, I and mean, so it doesn't. It's not like your typical team where mm-hmm. you know, oh, you you lose one there, but you win all your other ones. They're just kind of that team, even within games, like we saw this past weekend, looking really really good, making some really good defensive stops turnovers, all this stuff, and then mm-hmm. Oklahoma State goes flying right past them. So West Virginia is a tricky team, and they'll be playing. Iowa State will be playing on the road. The thing, though, that's interesting about Iowa State, and 
although West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State, I look at those three teams and I go, two are on the road and then you have the ranked one at home. You could lose all three of those games, not saying you're going to. The thing, though, that makes me look like, ooh, they have a chance, and I know one of the teams was Kansas that they shut out, but in their last three games, defense hasn't allowed more than 13 points in a game. Texas Tech was the most in the last three, and they scored 13. TCU, a team that I thought was going to be a undefeated team in our college football playoff rankings in the top four, they lose. They only score seven points in that game. So the Cyclones, to me, I feel like two things need to go well. The defense needs to continue to keep points off the board, and also you have to have Kyle Kemp playing well under center for this team. The quarterback needs to be well. They need to put points up. They're not going to be able to win the rest of their games 14-7 to like they did against TCU. They're going to have to put points up. Right now, if I had to put my money on it, I am probably going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with TCU and Oklahoma being in the Big Ten title game. And then probably Oklahoma winning the Big 12. Basically, I'm looking at it for the TCU, if they lose to Oklahoma, yes, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State would be ahead of them, but if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, then we're back to the tiebreaker with TCU, where TCU would have that over Oklahoma State, I do believe, or no, they would, yeah, they would, because they beat Oklahoma State earlier in the year. Iowa State, I just don't think... Out of the three I mentioned, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State, I think they lose two of those games. I think they lose two of them, maybe lose to Oklahoma State. Then it's like, oh, you know what, we're out of it, and then Kansas State gets the better of them. Or they could lose the next two against West Virginia and against Oklahoma State. I just don't think they have enough to keep this going, and I would love them to keep it going because I want to see a new face, especially with the Big 12. I want to see a new face in there, especially with how optimistic you and I were in our Iowa State preview. There were a lot of fans that were like, guys, I think you're a little bit too optimistic on this Cyclone team. I just don't know if they have enough to get through this schedule, although it seems like they are the one team that, hey, we're in the driver's seat. They beat Oklahoma State. The next three teams below them, like we've been talking about, TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, would have all lost to Iowa State. Yeah, they would have. Uh, so it's it's getting really interesting down here, uh, down the stretch, especially because we've got all these teams kind of playing each mm-hmm. other. We're going to find out really, really quickly who's going to be able to make it and who's going to be quickly fading out, especially since they all have at least one loss. Mm-hmm. And all of them at least one loss in the conference. So that's what's going to be the most interesting when we get here in the next couple of weeks. I like, again, Oklahoma State. I like their offense. I like Mason Rudolph. I mm-hmm. think he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Even well, with you've, one, been, you've been high on them all year. Absolutely. But I, I have been. This offense has been very, very good. It's mm-hmm. always going to keep your game, your team in a game. They've been impressive. Baker Mayfield, he's been good. Oklahoma's been good, but you know we've seen them when their defense has been very, very good. We've seen them when their defense has not been good 
at all in that game against Iowa State. Iowa State's offense was great. They did a really good job. Their defense was good. But on the other side for Oklahoma, completely stunned when that could not happen. Mm -hmm. TCU, we've talked about them multiple times as they have the best defense here in the Big 12. Well, Iowa State's made a really good case for that in the last couple of weeks that they may have one of the best defenses here in the Big 12. So it's we clearly know it's going to be these four teams. Mm-hmm. And it I mean it's <laughs> it's it's tough. I know we sit here and we we try and act like we know what's going to happen. We don't have a freaking clue, but um I mean, come on. None of us thought that Notre Dame would even be in the playoffs and look at them. After last season, no one thought that. So I mean, we don't know what's going on. We're just trying to give our best thought of what we think may happen. No, I know, I know. I, trying I, to play a little Nostradamus here, Brandon. No, I know, but I'm just I'm just coming out and saying I, I because there's mm-hmm. always going to be people that you don't know what you're talking about. Never proclaimed that <laughs> we knew exactly what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but it's it's that's why it's fun, that's why it's college football, but I I I really do think Oklahoma, I have the faith in Oklahoma State. I said it before. Oklahoma State's going to be having a very, very big couple of weeks coming up uh, with the biggest coming up this weekend against Oklahoma at home. That is going to be a big game. I think Oklahoma State will... I'll wait till later to say that. But I'm just, I'm just saying, ultimately, Oklahoma State is the team I think that's going to be winning this Big 12. Not Iowa State. They've made a good run. They've mm-hmm. made a good name for themselves, but they're not going to be winning it. Let me ask you this. What if the Cyclones win out, win the Big 12? If they win the Big 12 and win every single game doing it, how close do they get to the playoff? Close. How close? Six. Are they going to be first in, second out? Six. You think they'll be the second team out? If the they, if they, team. I mean, if if you realistically look where they are right now, they're mm-hmm. four and one in their conference. They're six and two overall, so they have two overall losses. They don't lose again. They win on the road at West Virginia, home against Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, on the road Baylor, on the road K State, and you win the Big Twelve, which they would probably have to beat either Oklahoma or TCU at that point. Yeah, I mean Alabama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Are two that are I would say are locked in right now. Even though they'll play each other probably in the SEC. Title They're game. locked in right now. Okay. It doesn't change anything for me. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is looking really good right now with their position where they're where they could be at. O- Ohio State, I don't see them losing again necessarily. We'll see. Penn, you know, Penn State's right there. Oh, yeah, I mean, Iowa State would certainly make mm-hmm. a very nice case for themselves, but I don't think that they would make it. And the thing that I am just thinking about in my head is, you know what this season kind of reminds me of, of the rankings and where we're at right now, is this reminds me of 2011. The main reason why, do you remember who finished 1-2 at the end of that season? They were both in the same conference, both in the SEC. No. Alabama, LSU. That was the year where we had the Alabama-LSU national championship game. 
I kind of feel like that. Even though, let's say, the Cyclones win the Big 12, I feel like because of that fact, because we are headed down that road, I believe I am with you if these two teams play. Because th- even earlier on in that one, Alabama played LSU. It was a 9-6 to game in overtime. 9-6 to is what Alabama did, and they lost. And then they eventually rolled over the Tigers in the national title game to win that national championship. I think because we're headed that way, even if the Cyclones did win the Big 12 from the um, Oklahoma, from TCU, from Oklahoma State, it would be mighty hard for them to make the playoffs. Mainly because also the two losses that you mentioned, how are you grading a three-point overtime loss to Iowa, who was an unranked team, and you played them at home. I know that's a rivalry game, and like I said, that game was going to be close, but then you also lose by 10 points to Texas. And I know what Cyclone fans are going to say. They're going to say, well, Ricky, those are two close games. you got to at least give us credit for that. But do you think a committee, or if you were on the committee, would you look at those losses favorably because they were 10 and 3? They were close losses and they didn't get blown out like 45 to nothing like they beat Kansas. Yeah, I think that you do have to look at something like that, but I I'm going on the theme tonight throughout mm-hmm. throughout all these throughout all these videos that we're doing is what I talked about in the first one when we were talking about trying to stay consistent as Brandon. Oh, I, I was just gonna say when 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 I was talking about Kirk Herbstreit and the mm-hmm. whole eye test. Yep. You know, what do they look like? We we know how mm-hmm. what this team was like. They they may have you know these two losses. They may have this one loss, but what we saw them with our eyes, what they were throughout the season. Mm-hmm. They didn't change in this one game. Yeah, this is how they looked. So I think that that's ultimately where I'd kind of be at in in terms of 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 uh, looking at a team. And I totally agree with that. And the reason why I agree with that is basically you got to look at what they have been since they made the quarterback change. Jacob Park was the quarterback for the first four. They go two and two. Ever since putting Kyle Kemp, the senior, at quarterback, three touchdowns, no INTs against Oklahoma, only one touchdown, no INTs against Kansas, three to one against Texas Tech, two to one against TCU, this kid has been the reason, I'm going to say the reason, this team is winning. Ever since they've made him the starter, they've won every single game. That is why. There are different team post-Kempt, after-Kempt, well, during-Kempt is what I should say. Then, And you look at that Iowa-Texas game, that was the pre-Ohio State, or Iowa State team, not the Iowa State team we're looking at right now with Kyle Kemp. Any final thoughts you have on Iowa State or the Big 12 as a whole before I kick it to the viewers? Well, I, I would say and that, listeners. I would say the Big 12, what they've done this year, and I've given them plenty of flack in, in, in years past for mm-hmm. being just another mopey-dopey kind of um, you know Power 5 conference. No, it's the Pac-12 this year. Well, it's certainly the Pac-12 this year. There's no doubt about that one. Not even awake for those <laughs> games. But I, I think that with the Big 12, what they've done is they've really put themselves, I think, back on the map in terms of 
we can play some defense. We can be pretty, pretty competitive mm-hmm. outside of just of our just our offenses, and we can be competitive just outside of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And then there's GCU coming on. Then we well, I shouldn't say coming on, coming back, and then Iowa State, you know, coming on. So those are some great things to see. And I don't want to throw out West Virginia either. They've also been. A, a pretty good team at points this season. I'm excited about where the Big 12's headed. Hopefully that this is not just a fluke, not just a good season, mm. that it's something of, of things to come, and I think it is. Well, this is where I want to turn the conversation on to you guys. What do you think of the Cyclones? Will they win the Big 12? And kind of overall, how do you see the rest of the Big 12 playing as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Brandon, let's end the podcast like we always do. And if you're on YouTube, hello. This is the first time you (laughs) will see us today as we are making our picks for week numero diez here in the college football season. Let's get right into it. We got a Friday night matchup, Brandon. It's not just for high school football. There will also be a non-Power 5 game going on. I always ask you about this game on Saturday to where you go, Ricky, I don't fucking watch Memphis. We got 23 of the Memphis Tigers on the road at Tulsa. Tulsa's 2-7, and seven, straight pick them. Who you got, Tigers or Tulsa? Memphis. Just that simple. Just I don't Memphis. care. I'm gonna go I don't with, care much more than that. I'm going to go with Memphis as well. Tulsa is not beating the Memphis Tigers. Then we get into our Saturday games. The first one, ranked versus ranked, 7 Penn State, 24 Michigan State. Penn State, an eight-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in East Lansing. Who you got? Well, Ricky, both of these teams coming into this game today, you know what they're going to be? Sad pandas. Why? Because they just lost their two games last week. Tough games. (laughs) Penn State lost by one, so they're sad. And Michigan State... They lost two, so they're sad. You go for a Mr. Mankey here from uh, from South Park? Is that what you're trying to go for? No, I'm just going for someone who sounds very, very sad and <laughs> depressed after last week, as you should be. I, I mean, it's still hard to see that Penn State lost, especially mm-hmm. when they had it. Well, some of us knew what was going to happen. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, but uh, Some of us just knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Huh? Uh, so in this one, I'm going to go Penn State. But uh, Michigan State, the way they played last week, even though they mm-hmm. lost, show they can score plenty of points. But Penn State, they, there's just there's just not enough things to say in the disappointment for how they ended that game mm-hmm. because we can go with the shoulds, the coulds, they they would have done it, you know. Well, we can't because it didn't happen. But it's very very. It's not only one loss; it's a very disappointing loss. Expect Saquon Barkley to come out in a big way. Did not have the game he wanted against Ohio State. Expect him to have a Michigan-like game in this one. Penn State gets the W over the Michigan State Spartans, and Sparty will be done in the Big Ten East, and it will be Penn State or Ohio State going forward. Then moving on, another Big Ten matchup, this time over to the West. We go to Bloomington, Indiana. Number nine, Wisconsin, coming to town. They're a 12-point favorite. Who you got, the Badgers or the Hoosiers? I'm going to go Wisco, but 
going into Indiana, Indiana, they have that that almost vibe of we're going to make it a little tough. We're still going to lose, but we're going to make it tough. Indiana. Indiana. This is where, you know how I mentioned, ah, Wisconsin, you haven't played anybody? This is where you get upset. This is where you go, yeah, we've got an easy schedule. We don't have to worry. You walk into Bloomington, you get the loss, you lose by three in overtime to the Hoosiers in Bloomington, Indiana. Then an SEC update. We've got the number 14 Auburn Tigers going into College Station. I shouldn't have said update. It's the next game. Going into College <laughs> Station to play the Texas A&M Aggies. Brandon, who you got? The 15.5-point favorite Tigers or the underdog Aggies? Well, I'll give you my SEC update pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's late here on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I'm going to go with Auburn. I'm going to go with Auburn. Uh, but uh, Texas A&M. You know, they did just beat. I shouldn't say they ju- did just mm-hmm. beat, but they did just beat recently Florida. Uh-huh. You know how good Florida is this year. So I'm going to go Auburn. Yeah, I'm going to go Auburn as well. I just do not have faith in Texas A&M in this game. However, Auburn has not been the best team down the stretch as well. Two bad losses for them, I'll say. They should be a better team. I thought they'd be a better team than we've seen this year. Then the next one, we've got a 20-point favorite in Mississippi State at home against UMass. Going Bulldogs all day. Going Bulldogs all day, Brandon. UMass don't stand a chance. Yeah, Mississippi State gets the win at home. Next game, SEC yet again. South Carolina, number one Georgia. It's weird to say that now. Georgia's a 24-point favorite. Yet again, Bulldogs AD. All day. <laughs> South Carolina's been a pretty good team this year. Yeah, they beat North Carolina State. Yeah. Shouldn't have. Georgia's been a great team this mm-hmm. year. Georgia Bulldogs. Next game, 14-point favorite ND number three hosting Wake Forest. You got to pick the upset here. Does Wake Forest stand a chance against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Do they stand a chance? Sure. But Notre Dame, if they keep rolling the way they, they've been rolling, Brandon mm-hmm. Wimbush has just looked so good at the quarterback position, being able to do what he can, throwing the football, running the football, such a good threat at the quarterback position. Josh Adams has been awesome. Equinemius St. Brown has been good. The name Sean can't say? No, no, which is why I'm so excited that I can. But uh, Notre Dame has looked really good. They're going to be at home. Mm-hmm. Irish. Yeah, I'm going to go with ND as well. Wake Forest might be able to give them a little bit of a game early, but I expect the Fighting Irish to pull away in this one. Then another ranked versus ranked matchup. Number four, Clemson. Number 20, NC State. Clemson's only an eight-point favorite, and Brandon, I know what the comments are going to say. They're going to say this is just Ricky being Ricky, but... NC State over Clemson. NC State then goes into the driver's seat to win their side of the ACC. Clemson's playoff chances are done. Right here. Dead in the water. Don't have a chance. Well, they I'm don't doing have, the same thing. Don't have a chance you killed to make it. You the just playoff. killed it. Shut up. You're done. You're done. I don't give a shit what else you have to say. You knocked. You got in the way of me hitting the table. Okay, so okay. shut your mouth. We'll get those NC, buttons sooner NC later. State is going to pull the upset at home. Against Clemson. I just know what the comments are going to do. As soon as I, I don't said, care. As soon as I said, don't have a chance. Rookie, you said they don't have a chance in this game. No, you don't have a chance at the playoffs after you lose to Finley and the Wolf Pack this week. 
Let's move on, though. Big Ten matchup in Iowa City. The newest tradition, the greatest tradition in college yeah. sports. Number six, Ohio State, unranked Iowa. Who you got, Buckeyes, an 18-point favorite? Well, I'm going to say that this is an interesting game because of the fact that Penn State played Iowa so close mm-hmm. in this game. If Ohio State comes out and blows Iowa away, everyone's going to be saying, well, Penn State is just overrated. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is going to get the win in this game. I'm interested to see by how much. Yeah, I'm going to say at least four touchdowns for JT Barrett. I think he lights up the Hawkeye defense. And uh, Brandon wouldn't be one of those people, right? You wouldn't be one of those to say that Penn State's overrated, would you? It'd be hard to. If, if, the, if the Buckeyes It'd blow up the so Hawkeyes. Hard to. Next game, we got Big 12. We've got Iowa State. We just talked about them playing Virginia in Morgantown. Mountaineers, Brandon. Only a two-point favorite. Who you got? I'm going to say West Virginia gets mm-hmm. the win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they get the win at home against Iowa State. I I think that the run for Iowa State is not going to come to an end. The four-game win streak mm-hmm. will. Bowing their run does. They're going to continue to end this season well, but West Virginia is going to get in their way. I ask this every time. What's the upset? I think we're just going with the line. The we're, ranking we're, or the line? We're going with the line. Iowa State gets the win. So that's the upset special. Okay. Iowa State with the win. They will win their fifth straight with Kyle Kemp at quarterback. Like, I'm thinking 17-7 in this one. A nice low-scoring game. And it'll Defense be 37-34. Probably. Probably. Then we go Pac-12. Brandon might be up for this one as it's a 2.30 p.m. Central Time game, which, wow, that's going to be what? a new, That's a noon start for a for a Penn State for a. Pac-12 game on the West Coast? Wow, that's just weird. But we've got number 21 Stanford playing number 25 Washington State. Cougars, two-point favorites. Who you got, the Cardinal or the Cougars? I'm going with the Cardinal. Okay. I'm going to go Stanford they with this one. They almost got a scare last week on Thursday night against so, the Beavers. That's an upset then. Yeah. Right. We're going line, so it would be an upset. I'm going to go the same thing. I'm going Cardinal in this one. I just don't think the Cougars have it. To beat the Cardinal. The interesting thing, thing, though, for the Cardinals, will they have Bryce Love? Because they didn't have Bryce Love against Oregon State. Almost lost that one. Needed a great play by the tight end to make that touchdown, that catch for a touchdown to win that game. Then we've got the Big 12 matchup that everyone's eyes will be on. FS1, Cowboys, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Sooners. Who you got, Brandon, Mason Rudolph or Baker Mayfield? I'm putting on my cowboy hat, and I'm riding away <laughs> on my steer. So it's going to be Oklahoma State over Oklahoma. This uh, this is going to be a great matchup. Mason Rudolph, I think, is going to come to play mm-hmm. in this one. Not saying Mayfield won't, but Rudolph's going to be the reason they win. Since we're going with the line, Sooners with the win. They get the upset, although ranking-wise it wouldn't be the upset. Then we got another Big 12 matchup. Texas going into Fort Worth to play TCU. TCU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got? This is going to be a struggle game, I think, for uh, TCU, and it may end up being a struggle win. But I struggle do, win. <laughs> but I do think that TCU will end up getting the win at home. Texas is going to come on strong, though, and, and, and really give them a good game. No, I'm going to go TCU in this one. They'll win by at least 10. This will be a statement game of, hey, you know what? We are not going to let last week happen again, although I wouldn't be mad. 
if Texas got the win here, but I am going to go with the Horn Frogs. Then we've got a non-Power 5 matchup. We've got UCF at 18. Undefeated, we've got SMU. Golden Knights, 14.5 point favorites, averaging 51 points per game. Who you got, Brandon, undefeated or two loss? I'd like to be going out to Gerald J. Ford Stadium where the weather's predicted to be 84 <laughs> degrees as we have this awful cold here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go UCF. Yeah, I'm going to go 8-0 for the Knights here as they will beat the Mustangs. And I don't know how you give them 14.5 points on the line when they're averaging 51 points on the year. Not many teams are going to keep up with 51 points outside of the Power 5. Then I mentioned LSU and Alabama earlier in the podcast. We get that matchup this week, a primetime game. Alabama, who is number two for some reason, is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. Who gets the win, Tigers or Tide? Alabama gets the win, LSU. Be interesting to see how they come and play. Mm -hmm. They've played really well the last couple of weeks. They've looked good. Alabama's going to beat them, but... In what fashion? Yeah, this one's in Bryant-Denny Stadium, and all I have to say is roll tide, baby, roll tide, because those those Crimson Tide going to get the win over the LSU Tigers in this one way more than 21 points. They'll probably get like five or six rushing touchdowns in this game. That's a little absurd, but you know where I'm going at. Then a big ACC matchup, number 13, Virginia Tech, two-and-a-half-point favorites in Miami who are number 12. Are the Hokies going to hand the Hurricanes their first loss of the season? No, upset. Ooh. Miami with the win. Miami will go to 8-0. They will continue. Mm-hmm. They will continue to have very, very dramatic final play, final quarter mm-hmm. plays. But they'll they'll get the win. They'll pull it off. I'm going to be watching this game for sure. I'm going to go with the Hokies, though. I don't think the Magic will be there forever for the Hurricane. Going to go with Fuentes and the boys to get the win on the road. Then our last two, I know Brandon won't be watching these. Oregon at Washington. Washington, a three-touchdown favorite. Who you got? Well, I'll go Washington at home. That's it? I don't care. Nothing more? Nope. And then the last one, I'll go Washington as well. Then we've got number 22, Arizona at 6-2 and two against 17, USC. That is a seven-point favorite. Do you take the Trojans as the favorite, or are you going upset with the Wildcats? The hell with it. Upset. Arizona beats them, and that will end it all. Darnold stays in school. You really have to take my thunder, don't you? Sure did. You really have to take my thunder going with Arizona as well. And let's be honest, Darnold is staying at USC because there's no way he's going to the 49ers. He's going to be a Cleveland Brown if he comes out. No way. I want to play for the Cleveland Browns. No way I'm playing for the Browns. Darnold will be back next season. So then that would mean he either plays for the Browns this year or next year, right? (laughs) Good point. They could be the number one pick yet again in a year. I'm going to ask you a bonus question. You ready for this? Sure. Is there any game this week not named Alabama LSU that you would put as your Brandon Swanson lock of the week? Basically, this was the pick I made. Not a chance it comes out the other way. This is one that comes out as a winner. Uh, Not Alabama, because we all know you'd pick that as your lock of the week. Penn State. Penn State beats Michigan wow. State. I'm gonna go George, I'm gonna go Georgia South Carolina lock of the week. No way Georgia loses this week. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below who do you got in each games? What upsets do you got? Which games are you looking forward to? 
Also, make sure a little bit of house housekeeping, almost like clean again. Didn't say this at the beginning of the podcast. I'll say it now. Check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That's where you'll be able to support the channel and be able to sign up for that $10 Patreon tier like Jake and Patrick, who will be on a podcast in November. They're going to be on another podcast. You can too. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Then also go on to iTunes and rate our podcast. Give us a five star. Obviously give the primetime podcast that five star rating first. Then go to the onside kick, the fast break, the Rick and Johnny podcast. Make sure they're all given that five star juicy rating. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube or listening on blog, talk radio, iTunes or Stitcher. And as always, Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.